When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of the News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal St. Cyr alongside Justin Barney. Justin, the Jaguars won on Thursday night football. Uh, we're recording this on Monday. I'm still calling it a victory Monday, even though uh, that Thursday night feels so far away. God, it, it feels like it's been three weeks since the Jags played. They're off today, off on Tuesday. A little bit of a weird week as they prepare to take to Pittsburgh and then enter the bye and then we'll have no more football for another week Jamal so it's a little uh, different feeling today when you're playing in prime time yeah after like what felt like a, a a wild ride for about three weeks there where it was like non-stop now the Jaguars are really slowing down uh Long week, then a game, and then bye week, and then you have to wait, and then they finally get the game against San Francisco. Uh, So, interesting time. uh, A good time for the Jaguars to start getting healthier. Right. So, um, here's one of the things I wanted to throw at you. So, the the, uh, trade deadline is right around the corner. Today, uh, the Titans shipped off Kevin Bayard to... Philadelphia, big trade there because that gets uh, one of the better safeties in the NFL out of the AFC South. Should the Jaguars be buyers at, uh, at the deadline? I just, just, just throwing it out there. Should they be buyers? I think so. I think you need to address the pass rush. I mean, that feels like it's been a an ongoing topic all season long, from draft time all the way till this week. I think you need to probably address the pass rush. Um, Jacksonville is a win now, right now. Okay, and you. You're atop the AFC South. I think they win the AFC South. Um, you don't even need to win out to win the AFC South like you did last year. You need to just play consistent football. You're going to win the AFC South. That's a given. But you need to take that next step. You've got to think you're going to face Patrick Mahomes and company in the uh, some kind of round in the playoffs. So to, to make Patrick Mahomes rush for his uh, you know rush for his life and get out of the pocket and bring him down. You couldn't do it last year in the Gimpy AFC Divisional game. You've got to address the pass rush. Trayvon Walker is not it at this point. I think their biggest issue right now is on that defensive front, getting to the quarterback. You can stop the run. You've shown that. But you're going to have to stop an excellent quarterback named Patrick Mahomes at some point in the postseason. I think the only way to address that right now is to go out and get a pass rusher. Whatever that is, Daniel Hunter, somebody else, you got to go out and get the pass rush. I am so glad you actually said that. So that actually brings us right into our next topic. We, we might circle back to trade deadline a little bit more in a minute. But uh, So one of the things, this was a very interesting stat I saw come out today from uh, ESPN's analytics department. They dropped the top 10 players in pass rush win rate in week seven. Right. Have you seen it? I've seen it. All I've right. Seen it. Josh Allen came in at number four, and none other than Trayvon Walker came in tied at number seven with Aaron Donald. Yeah. Uh, Jaguars were the only team with two players in the top 10. So while Trayvon Walker is not stuffing the stat sheet by any means as far as sacks have gone this season, Maybe just I mean maybe he's impacting game I mean, and he is impacting games but maybe he's getting a little bit of a, a a rough shake of things he he didn't pick himself number one overall I, I don't know I, look I think he's a very good run defender uh, maybe he's a better pass rusher than we're willing to give him credit for I did think he made a few impacts along the way in the Saints game he has to he's I feel like getting close he, he's not where Josh was a year ago. 
like at, at the clip where Josh just wasn't finishing plays and he's getting close. In that Saints game, Trayvon was close a few times and just couldn't finish. Right. That, you know, you bring that, that set up, yes, he was, what, top seven tied with Aaron Donald. Trayvon was going against, like, practice squad. <laughs> Right tackle, correct? He was he, not going he, against. He uh, was going against Cameron Irving, former Florida State guy, right? Uh, who had not played right tackle. If I'm not mistaken, it, it had been a few years since he okay. had played a game at right tackle. He mostly plays guard in the NFL uh, against the Saints' offensive line that was uh, dishuffled. So he, probably Trayvon the, to put that rank seventh in whatever time there. Donald press rush win weight. He's going against like a third string guy who's yes. not played right tackle since probably peewee football so i'd expect you to dominate trayvon and you know get to the quarterback he did not um yes he did trayvon's kind of like the the josh allen debate you and i had many times where josh would get to the quarterback um and he just didn't finish plays last year josh was top five in the league at getting to the quarterback winning the pass rush rate just could not bring the guy down and you know you and i talked about this and you were uh, in the beginning of the season kind of you know, sold on Josh not being able to finish the plays yep. because that's, again, that's an acquired habit in football. You're not allowed to uh, sack the quarterback in training camp, and that was something that you felt he was not good at doing. He just could not finish the plays. Now, Trayvon, you know, if we look back at this, we say Trayvon is, is Josh in year two. He's getting to the quarterback, but he's just not finishing plays. And I'm not, I'm not saying Trayvon's a, a bust yet or a wash yet. Um, I don't know if he's in the correct position at this point. Yeah. Um, I think he may be better on the inside as a hand-in-the-dirt-all-the-time guy. Uh, but he, yeah, he's not cutting it as a pass rusher at this point, week seven of the 2023 season. Um, yeah, I, great to have that pass rush win weight in uh, week seven. But, again, consider competition he's going against. He's going against a, a guy who's playing out of place, hasn't played right tackle in forever. That's and, yeah, you, you should dominate in those kind of games. You're going against a third-string guy. Yeah, that's fair enough. Look, he, he has to be better. Um, at this point, we'll see. Like, he's not getting the pressures at the clip that Josh was a, a year ago, but he, he's – we'll see. And maybe the pressures will continue. Maybe he'll take that uptick. Uh, okay, so – Look, Trayvon Walker, one way or another, he's a good run defender. Mm -hmm. Probably should be playing a, a slightly different, not that outside linebacker position that the Jaguars have him being played at. We'll see if there's a shift in his future at any point. Uh, maybe a trade at the deadline could uh, could entice them to uh, make finally make that move. Okay, so here's the question for you. Is there any position, like if you were a buyer at the trade deadline, like the Jaguars are a competitor, and we see this across sports, teams bolster the roster, say, you know what, we're going to double down, make the run. If there was a spot besides pass, is there any spot besides pass rush that you would be interested in, in making a move for? You know, maybe maybe a depth position, that would be about it. I, I think if you're talking headliner kind of guy in impact position, what position is really lacking right now in Jacksonville, and it's pass rush, and I think – the second part of that is probably offensive line depth at this point, just because you know, Brandon Sheriff has been banged up. You've had some inconsistency. Walker Little, you don't know his situation. Um, so that's the only – I think if, if I'm doing something trade deadline-wise, I think if, if it's not a Calvin Ridley kind of deal or a you know, diamond in the rough kind of deal, um, I think you probably, I don't know, empty the, the wallet in a sense for a guy like Daniel Hunter. Mm -hmm. um, 
and I think my second acquisition would be would be depth of some kind on the offensive line. All right, so let's so let me throw out a couple of names here. I know you, uh, Hunter's the guy that a lot of people have connected the Jaguars to. I'm just not sure that uh, the Jags are going to pay up for what the Vikings are looking for at this point because I mean the interest has been been reported for since dating back to the offseason that the interest was there, that the Vikings haven't pulled the trigger on it at this point. So if I was Trent Baalke, I'm guessing his offer probably is what it's going to be. Right. Like, whatever he has on the table is probably like, look, y'all are in a worse spot than you were this offseason. You still don't want to take me up on this offer? They probably don't. So uh, I'm going to, at this point, I'm not in the camp that I think that gets done. But there are other pass rushers that are rumored to be available that could make sense. So... The two in in Washington are Chase Young and Josh Sweat. And according to some of the reports from the National Insiders, quote-unquote, they're saying that they expect that the commanders are going to move one of the two of those. I would be hugely interested in in taking the flyer on Chase Young. I mean, you can get him in the building, you figure it out, you say, all right, look, either you are or you aren't. And if, if you are, then obviously the Jaguars would be then put on the clock to figure out how to get a deal done for him and Josh at that point. Uh, sweat, similar situation. Both of those guys should be on expirings. Um, but those are always hard to move. Now, the other guy that I'm interested in is Carl Lawson. Okay. So Carl Lawson is in New York. Uh, New York obviously is in a, a interesting situation <laughs> because of the Aaron Rodgers right. injury. Now, Lawson hasn't been putting up numbers this year, but last year he was in New York, had seven sacks. Year before that, when he was in Cincinnati, five and a half. Year before that, five. Uh, as a rookie, he had eight and a half. Like, he's not a prolific sack guy by no, any means, but he would add another guy who aids the pass rush to the to the equation. Um, another guy who can get to the quarterback. And if they're saying, you know, which the Jaguars have basically said, look, we don't need a prolific sack guy to get the job done. You add just another peg to the equation, another uh piece to that rotation and if he finishes the year with five sacks for you or six sacks similar to what Dewan Smoot has done in the mm-hmm. past you know ultimately that help, helps inch you closer to that team sack number that you have in mind yeah I don't know I you know I think they've got enough guys on the team I think Trayvon, you want that a1 yeah, you I, want that alpha I think I think right now Trayvon Walker's a guy and I thought you know, you and I had the initial Josh Trayvon discussion probably yep. back in June. Um, I thought Trayvon, if he could bolster his sack totals to seven, eight, nine, mm-hmm. which I thought I think he's on pace for right now, um, that would be nice. But Trayvon to me right now is just a guy. Dewan Smoot is just a guy. Josh Allen is kind of kind of becoming that maybe that alpha guy. But I think you get another guy guy and that's you know we, we've complained about Jags having a lack of options at pass catcher they've got two guys now Christian Kirk Calvin Ridley um, but I think you need another dog I think you need another Josh Allen kind of guy uh, to get to that passer whether that is Chase Young I mean he's had some some health issues he's probably his last year in Washington um, it, it kind of irks me that Jacksonville had Jadavion Clowney in the building and didn't press forward with something on him. You know, at that at, at that point in his career, um, yeah, I know he's wanting to be paid like a superstar or at least a guy who's going to start. But I mean, J- Jadavion could have come in and give you the smoot kind of snaps and mm-hmm. um, and been productive. Uh, so that was a little disappointing because he's actually having a pretty solid season um, getting to the quarterback. But I think, and I don't. No, I mean, I don't know if Minnesota is, is totally thrown in the towel. I don't know if a Daniel Hunter type of guy, are they going to want a first-round pick for this guy? And that, you know, that's a guy that at the trade deadline 
You look at a situation like the Bradley Chubb deal uh, a couple years ago, and and a couple a couple first round picks changed hands, I believe. Jags uh, aren't giving up. Yeah, we're you're not, not at that it. point. So I think if you're talking anything beyond a, um, you know, a day one pick, I don't think a. I don't think you give up a one for Daniel Hunter because you trade for him. He's on a one-year deal, and you're getting him for a half of a half of a year right now, a rental, um, and then you're going to have to pay him next year. So you cannot afford to pay a, a Daniel Hunter and a Josh Allen next year and a Trevor Lawrence next year. So I do think if uh, if it is a, a deal for a guy like an A-lister like Daniel Hunter, you're going to have to do a, a third-round pick kind of deal. I don't think you're Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson – you're going to say, hey, here's a number one for next year and, and Daniel Hunter for a half-year rental. I think that's way too extreme. But I do think they need more than just a guy, like uh, a smooth kind of guy. I would love to see him go get Daniel Hunter. I don't think that's the – I don't I don't think that's going to happen, though. And I said Josh Sweat earlier. I meant Montez Sweat. Sorry about that. Uh, Josh Sweat's on a different team. Montez Sweat is with the Commanders. Mm-hmm. Both of the, Look, I, I like both of the Commanders guys. If they could get a deal done with them, I think either one would be great. I mean, Chase Young's obviously the swing for the upside play there. Um, look, Montez Sweat's putting up decent numbers, though. I mean, pretty much every year of his career, he's he hasn't cracked double digits yet, but he's been close. Seven, nine, five, eight. He's got five and a half already this season. So, um, another guy there. I I would, if I was swinging for the fences, which I think the way this Jaguars team is built, and this is just me, I'm the crazy person that says you you put your chips in the table. The way this Jaguars team is built is they have young players that the idea is many of them haven't reached their ceilings yet. Hunter's at a different point in his career right. than the majority of the locker room. I go, I'd go. I'd put the chips on the table for Chase Young. Okay. The problem is you got to then get Chase Young, get a deal done with Chase Young, which is a challenge because he's in a similar enough position to what you got with Josh Allen. Right. Chase had seven and a half as a rookie, one and a half in 2021, Nothing in 2022, and then he's got five so far this season. Right, so he so he's in a in a in a kind of interesting spot, and they didn't pick up his fifth year option. Right, so Chase Young gives you the upside play, as you can say, all right, look, hey Chase, we're gonna trade for you, franchise tag, you figure it out. But he'd be paid heftily on that franchise tag, and because of his draft capital and the. I guess, illusion of some of the production or the possible production there from a guy like that. On the free agent market, somebody's going to offer him a decent-sized contract. Look what Marcus Davenport got from uh, Minnesota, and he can't stay on the field and has not produced nearly as well as some of the other players that have gotten decent contracts. So, um, look, the upside play to me is is you go get Chase Young. If the light comes on for that guy in your defense, all of a sudden you got an elite guy and you got him in the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, um, that's, a, that's so, a possibility. The the health would scare me a little bit about Chase. He's missed I mean, he missed all of last year. Yes. Um, he missed time in 21 as well. So he's been almost an enigma when he's been on the field. You know, he's the sure. number one guy, and um, he just hasn't had those, you know, and – all Jacksonville needs is another underwhelming number one pick in the building. Um, they've had that. They've had that before. I mean, we could have said that about Josh Allen going into this year as well, alongside Trayvon Walker. But I think Chase Young he may be a little too rich just with the injuries that he's had and the contract situation that he's in. But I think if you get a Daniel Hunter, if you get a well, Chase Young, you're in the same position with with Hunter. Hunter's going to want to get right, paid, oh yeah, right? Right. And Hunter, I mean, there's going to be a whole lot less leeway there because he's getting to the point where he's talking about final career contracts and things like mm-hmm. that, as opposed to Hunter might be willing to take something of a prove-it deal, a short-term, you know, that Laramie Tunsil right. sort of deal where you say, all right, well, I'm going to pay you for 
two or three years is a pretty hefty contract, but it's a two or three year deal. Right. And then you say, all right, after the end of that, if you've performed, now you get another big two or three deal. I'm just spitballing here. I don't, I'm not Chase Young's agent. All right, but here, let me allow me to play party pooper for this whole conversation. Okay. I highly doubt the Jaguars make the move. Yeah, the, I agree. I, I highly doubt the Jaguars do much at the trade deadline. I would think that, as I said earlier, Trent has made whatever offer he's going to make to Minnesota, and he said, here's my cards. What do you want to do? And unless they pick up the phone, call him, and say, hey, you know, we, we, we that's a really good deal and we want it now, I think his deal's probably well, what I, it is. I think if you're Minnesota and right now, that deal's a little richer than it was two months ago. It, it should look better to them right. now. Um, no, I think the, that I think the asking price has probably gone up. Oh well, they're they're he. I highly doubt knowing just knowing what I know about Trent that he's going to increase whatever yeah, exactly. offer. If he said, and I don't know this for a fact, if he said, look, I'm willing to offer you a fourth this year and a third next year or whatever it may be. He's probably saying, "Look, I'm staying on those right. cards. Your season's falling apart. My season's great. Look, I, I'm feeling good. You feel bad. You need to clear stuff and get something for, to build for the future. Here's my offer. It still is what it is. Um, the reason why I brought up the Commanders is because if they're trying to clear space, is because they're looking at the rebuild and looking at the things that they're losing. That's a different. They're in a different spot than maybe they were in the off season." Mm-hmm. Maybe they are interested. Maybe there is something to be done there. But I don't expect the Jaguars to make the move, mostly because the feeling is that they haven't seen the entire picture Mm -hmm. of their defensive group yet this season because of the Devon Hamilton situation, because of just getting Dewan Smoot back and up to speed. So even, I I don't think uh, Devon Hamilton plays this week against the Steelers. I don't. But let's just say he does for the sake of conversation. Let's say he plays. You get one. You got one game under your belt with him. You got, what, two games with Smoot? Mm-hmm. And then you got Josh Allen and Trayvon. So they're looking at it from a, we haven't seen our full collection of pieces uh, this season. And so why would they go stray and bring something in or pay to bring something in outside their building? Because they believe in the guys they have. So my, so, arg- my argument to that, to counter that, would be, you're running it back with the same guys as you had last year, which is good. Mm-hmm. Those guys were good last year. They minus. Were minus in Arden Key. So that's – I mean, Arden was a was a great fastball. It was a great changeup on that defense, and you, you had a guy who could come in and give you those situational minutes, and he was productive. He was a high-motor guy. You don't have that guy. Who is that guy? You think, you know, Yasir Abdullah would have been that guy? He hasn't been that guy. Caleb on chase on. We know what he is at this point. Trayvon has taken a step, but it's been incremental. So you don't have, you know, Smoot's still coming back and working his way back. Devon is not back yet. So you've subtracted from that front part of your defense. Yeah, your, your secondary is good. Devin Lloyd is playing. Lights out. Foyer is, is a baller there. Um, so the, the back end of your defense, arguably better. Middle of your defense, arguably better. But that front line is just not there yet. You've subtracted from that unit from what you had last year, which was a darn good unit, and still couldn't get to the quarterback. So uh, my question was, what, how are you going to fill that gap, you know, the, the Arden Key kind of gap, the Smoot uh, not being 100% gap, the Devon not being 100% gap. So the guys that they've asked or they have to step up and do that, I just don't think they're there. So, you know, what, have, what that difference is, that chasm in the middle, I think allows to explore an opportunity, be it a Chase Young, Daniel Hunter, some other guy who's on the market, um, but I just don't know if the cost is going to be something that Trent Balky is going to be able to digest. I mean, to me, the Danielle Hunter asking price is probably higher now from the Vikings because they, they're, they're shopping him. Danielle's on a, a much friendlier deal at this point. Um, he's content. 
I mean, him going to a contender at this point, because that's who would be trading for him, is going to pick him up and perk his interest. So I think if it's negligible and you can make a, a trade for a third and a fourth for a half-season rental on Daniel Hunter, who could be that missing ingredient to a Super Bowl run, I think why not explore it and kick the tires? But Jacksonville traditionally has not been a trade deadline team. No, I, I look, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I would make a deal. I would be out there shopping. Look, the last thing the Jags need is another like nine draft picks, ten draft mm-hmm. picks coming in. They, the team is, is has depth. They have young players. At some point, you get too many. Like you're just cutting guys. You're wasting these picks. I would go out and make and try and and make a deal, but. I just don't anticipate it. I mean, we got the deadline deal last year in Calvin Ridley. It just took a while for it to all come together. But this year, I just I don't see it coming. I, I could be entirely wrong, but I think they feel like they just haven't seen all of the pieces come together. They haven't seen the entire picture, and they're going to hold off and say that. My, but I agree with your argument. I'd say well, by the time you've seen the full picture together, it's right. too late you're, for you to go make 14. a deal. So go you go make the deal now in anticipation of what if mm-hmm. you know what if it's bad what if you're going against Pat Mahomes like what's the worst that happens you have too many pass rushers like that's a good problem to right. have you go get this guy who could be elite for you look I'd do it I would but I don't think they will mm-hmm. so um we'll we'll ultimately see what happens look the Jaguars are in a good position. Um, and right now we they they're in a good enough position that we feel like they can nitpick that they can be buyers at the deadline right mm-hmm. instead of having to be sellers um, they bought last year and they, and we feel like they got a good piece in Calvin Ridley there's an opportunity to buy again this year and see where you can get there are some teams that maybe are sellers around right like, like the Titans wouldn't trade anything to Jacksonville even if the Jags made an offer so that that's not happening. Um, we'll see what other teams ultimately end up deciding to sell. Where, where are your positions of strength, right? I mean, positions of, of need right now. If you're making a trade deadline deal, we obviously know Edge, but where else would be? Where would be your number two? I'd still consider nickel. I'd, I'd still consider going to see if you could get a, a, a Buda Baker. You know who comes in and plays that nickel spot for you? Like Trey Herndon's played great this he year. He did. He had but he played like, great last at week. At what point is that exposed? You know, at, at what point does that do, do teams start to pick on that? Now I remember you asking Trent Balky a question earlier in the season, back maybe even draft wise about that same situation, mm-hmm. and he said we won seven games or we won whatever it was. We won a playoff game with they did. With Trey Herndon there. They did. So Trent doesn't share that. that no, 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 no. They, I'm not saying that they they feel that way. I'm just saying right now they do some things on defense to try and hide mm-hmm. what Trey does or doesn't do as well out on the field. And bringing in another guy would free up that defense that's already playing at an elite level to take things up another notch. I'd also be interested in trying to see what you could do as far as getting some help on the offensive line. Um, the problem is with helping out the offensive line, the only spot you can really go get a guy that you don't want to leave your guy on the field as left guard. Mm-hmm. Like if you, I, if there was a guard on the market that could come in and start at left guard for you, maybe you do it. But you probably won't walk a little on the field right. at the same time. So right now, there's just not like I don't want to feel like or keep saying like we're we're pointing the finger at the defense. Like we want to go get a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. We want to go get a, a nickel. Uh, no, there's space on the offense. But the same reason why I don't think they'd do a deal on the pass rush is the same reason I don't think they'd do a deal on the offensive line. Like they they want Walker Little to be playing. 
he's hurt right now. How bad is that injury? We don't know. I think he might be one of the guys who returns to practices. We just don't know. Um, but left guard is the spot. You're not benching Brandon Sheriff. You're not benching Anton. You're not benching Cam Robinson. The only, and they're not benching Luke Fortner. The only thing in there is just health-wise. Yes. I mean, we're, we're not talking yes. about anything other than, than health situation 100%. there. Those, none of those five guys are getting benched if they're healthy. But the you know the Brandon Sheriff injury, the Walker Little injury, I mean, those, those injuries have a tendency to linger. Um, those are veteran guys, and you want them on the field. So I'm comfortable with the five they have projected. You know, that's Cam at left. Uh, Walker Little at left guard, Fortner at center, Brandon Sheriff at right guard, and Anton. I'm fine with those five. Just right got to get healthy. You just got to get healthy on that. Yeah. I don't. I think you trade for offensive line depth if something is out yes. there to bolster health. We saw Cam get injured late in the season last year with a meniscus. Walker fortunately was able to come in and, and hold his own there. Um, Shatley is a is a good, reliable kind of backup guy. Um, but again, depth wise, that's the only reason for me where I would pay attention to that I think edge rusher um, a pass rusher of some kind is the only move right now you make if you think this is a team that could get to Vegas late in the year Uh, I mean unless the only other spot I can think of is if there was and I hate to say it because I do like Tank Bigsby like long term if they could find a running back who could help them in short yardage situations. But it's tough because I don't think they're they're bad in short yardage situations just because of the running back. Right. I think the offensive line has not done their part there either. But if you could find, you know, hey, a Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. Uh, you know, and bring him home, uh, that kind of move would help because I, we've seen it time, time again, third and one, fourth and one, third and inches, fourth and inches, and the Jaguars just can't get the job done. Or they have to get cute with these, like, like against the Chargers. It was like a, the, what they call it, a Notre Dame, you know, play, whatever. And it, it, they get, have to get to these cute calls to get outside and catch the defense off guard. They can't go up there and just pick up the one right. yard for one reason or another. Yeah, we saw it the Saints and game last week. We saw it where last you're in week. fourth and inches, fourth and inches. It's and not even fourth it. and a long one. I mean, this is fourth and centimeters, and you're in shotgun. It, it looked like in a five step, and you're in a shotgun, and you're, so you're already five yards back right. of the first down marker at that point. And you know, Trevor being his knee, although he had a great rushing game statistically, his knee wasn't. As, uh, as strong as it should have been coming off that injury. And Travis is not the guy who's going to bust up the middle and, and give you that uh, that hard one yard. You don't have that. Derrick Henry would be nice, but that's just that's just fantasy dreaming right that's there. A, that's a pipe dream. But something along those lines, like the, the offense is – they've got to improve in those short yard situations, and I just don't know where the improvement comes from. Does getting Walker a little back really change that much? I mean, possibly, maybe. But I just don't know. Mm-hmm. So that that would be that, that's the problem with trying to figure out where you can get some help on the offense at. So that's why we talked about you know what do you do on the defense, and that's not because the defense is necessarily the defense is playing great, right? The defense is playing great, but there's always if you if the Jaguars are seriously going to make that Super Bowl run, they're going to need more than just Josh Allen right. to, get to the quarterback. Absolutely, and I think that's. That's we've said this in March. We said it in April. We said it in training camp. Um, we said it draft wise. I can't believe you didn't address the draft until day three. Address the the defensive line pass rush until day three. Um, and we're saying it now and saying it. Going to be saying it in November. Going to be saying it in January in a playoff game. That why did Jacksonville not address the pass rush? Um, and I think they were counting on 
you know, I, I don't know if they were what they were counting on from Caleb Von Chase on, although he's had multiple sacks this year for him. That's good. He'll be playing a new uh, scheme next year, so good for him to get these stats and pitching in a little bit. But I think they were counting on production, more production from Trayvon. We haven't seen that yet. Granted, he's on a, on a pace for a career season, um, probably seven, eight sacks for Trayvon, but you haven't seen that big, massive step forward that you hope for. You've seen it from Josh, uh, but again, even – Best case scenario, you needed more than Josh and Trayvon going into this year, and we're seeing it right now that you need a little bit more than Josh and Trayvon. And mind you, like they could get help in the pass rush by not getting a pass rusher, but by getting someone who can help push mm-hmm. the middle because they they have not gotten that inside pressure that they need. Like Roy Robertson Harris is good against the run, but he's not giving them much as far as push goes. Foley Fatukasi at times, like him and Roy are at times are getting a push, but they're not consistently yep. enough getting that inside push that would help Trayvon and Josh get the job done on the edges. So they could go get a guy who helps on the inside. But I think that's also the reason why they're so optimistic that if Devon Hamilton comes back and is the Devon that they know and love, that that will help to boost the pass rush right. as well, uh, n- indirectly, because it's not like Devon's going to go out there and start getting sacks for you, but he should open up things for some of those other guys to go make plays. We'll see what happens. I mean, it'll definitely be an interesting uh, interesting conundrum. The uh, trade deadline is October 31st, so a little bit of time left uh, for for us to talk about it. I just thought, you know, with the long week for the Jaguars, Mm -hmm. it would be a good option for us to talk about today. And we've pretty much uh, rolled through just about all our podcast time uh, here talking about, (laughs) talking about what the Jaguars are trading for. Especially since they, you know, since Trent made that deal last year for Calvin Ridley and, um, you know, he saw it and he bought low on Calvin Ridley and Calvin's been good. Maybe not great. Like uh, we expected, but he's been a good pickup for Jacksonville. You didn't have to give up a ton to get him. So if a situation like Daniel Hunter comes available and you could get him for a, a lower pick, day two, day three pick, that would be fantastic. you got to just know that he's in Jacksonville as a rental to help him win a Super Bowl this year. Um, you're probably not going to sign him to a blockbuster long-term deal, um, but he would fill that need. I just don't know if he's worth a first-round pick right now. No. Look, the one thing about Trent, he's not trading that first-round pick for a guy that's only coming for a year. He's just not going to do it. Um, And he's not going to trade a bunch. He, for whatever reason, wants to have a bunch of draft picks, it looks like. And he has collected them. Last year, he made all of them. Mm -hmm. And then now he's got a bunch set for this year with more possibly on the way. Um, as far as comp picks go. So, look, the Jaguars are going to have a young football team for a few years as long as he keeps making all these picks, So, which is a good problem to have, I suppose. But it's definitely an interesting thing, and we'll see what the Jaguars ultimately decide to do. This week, the Jags are getting ready to take on the Steelers. There have been some big wins in Jaguars history there in Pittsburgh, and maybe this can be another one. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that game in another episode of the News for Jags podcast since we spent this entire one talking about the trade deadline. Um, But hey, thanks for hanging out with us and we'll see you next time.